grand pluses and minuses. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Folks, welcome back to the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 171, and that means you can find the show notes for today's show over at lionsofliberty.com slash 171. Don't forget about our great sponsors, libertymaniacs.com, your home for all sorts of cool, political, and liberty-related gear. You can use the discount code LIONSOFLIBERTY to get 10% off your entire order. How cool is that? And this is no ordinary episode, folks. This is actually the last episode of the year of the Lions of Liberty podcast, and we're going to go out in style with our final edition, at least of 2015, of Rand Pluses and Minuses. Rand and that is right. And of course, as always, as I have for a good chunk of this year, I welcome in our Rand Paul analyst, our Rand Paul expert, Mr. Brian McWilliams. Welcome back. Hello, hello, and a very merry happy holidays post-Hanukkah, uh, post-Christmas. Look at you being all PC. I thought you hated PC. I so. do hate PC, but, you know, you're Jewish. PC, I can't bro? just say flat-out merry Christmas, although you did get a Christmas tree for the first time this year. Yeah, I did. It looks lovely. Though. I live in a mixed household now. It's, it's very progressive. It is mixed. It's like the Adam Sandler movie, except it's, sometimes it's funny here. <laughs> yeah, a blended with Adam Sandler. Anyway, apologies but, to all Adam Sandler fans out there. Yeah, all three of them. I loved Waterboy. So, by the way, I got to say, I'm a little bit down right now, man. Down? No, no, that's not good. I'll tell you that's why. No way to to end the year. Y- you'd think. Because why, why, why are you down? What's happening? I'm watching. Down? You know what? I I love the Harry Potter movies. I watch the movies. Then I read the books. Which I did it opposite because you know what I refused because everyone was so you know everybody's up in arms like you got to read these books. Which when people, people tell you something that. that many times, are you like you know what? Screw off. I'm not going to read them out of spite now. Am I alone in that? No, I'm totally on board. Okay, good. Because I couldn't tell if you were yesterday. It's the rebel in us all. That's why. Exactly. One of the reasons we reject the, uh, you know, the political orthodoxy of the day. Precisely right. Because people keep telling us, you got to vote for a Democrat or Republican. You got to support this and that. And we say, no, we don't. No, we don't. There's another option. All right. So what's got you down about Harry Potter? So here's the thing. They have a a Harry Potter marathon that's on uh, ABC Family becoming free form in January, they tell me. ABC, give us some sponsorship money. I don't and know what that means, but okay. Well, anyway, so <laughs> ABC sponsors this podcast. That'd be amazing. That would be fantastic. Oh my god. Anyway, so ABC family's got this Harry Potter marathon on, so I'm watching it. You know, like uh, just chilling out. I'm off for the week, and the Deathly Hallows Part Two is on, which is a, a great Harry Potter movie, the last one. Fantastic. And Severus Snape, who's been a bad guy the whole movie, you find out. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Spoiler pause alert. Right now. Pause so from a movie podcast. that's at least you- ten years old. Spoiler alert. Severus Snape dies, but it turns out that after being a villain the whole movie, he's a good guy. Ooh. He was baiting and switching him. He was looking out for Harry the whole time, a secret agenda. It got me. And you know what I was thinking about? I said, you know what? I wonder if that's going to be Ted Cruz for the Libertarians. You think so? I you realize what don't. podcast this is, right? This is the, <laughs> the Rand Paul Lusses and Minuses. <laughs> It's not the Ted Cruz control podcast. Well, that's what it might turn into. Which, as which as it might be in a couple weeks, out. but we'll see. But no, you know, a lot of libertarians like Ted Cruz. Why? I get it in a way, but it's uh, it's beyond me in a lot of in a lot of respects. So, but, do you think maybe he's doing what a lot of people claim Rand is doing, trying to toe the line, say what you got to say, and then he's the one that's going to unmask and say, "Ha ha, liberty!" Yeah, I, I hope so. It. I hope so. I hope he's never a snake pulled like off, pulling his, his cowl open to reveal a Dumbledore, Harry Potter. 
mix-up T-shirt. So <laughs> that anyway, would be, that would get my vote now. Sever, Severus Cruz, Severus Cruz is uh, is what I'm going to call him. All so right. I'm I'm, well, I'm I'm down about Snape dying, but you know, hopeful, hopeful for the future. You know, now you're required to do a Photoshop of. Ted Cruz as Severus Snape. Well, now that you said it on the podcast, I guess I am. That's why I did it. Thank you for throwing me under the Snape bus. That's the only way to get you to do things. Just like your Martin O'Malley as Beetlejuice, which, of course, uh, we did from our Naughty or Nice 2015 podcast. Which you should check out. Go back and check that out, guys. I'm sure nobody listened to podcasts. Uh, What kind of nerd listens to podcasts? I did at the gym. The stats say otherwise, because people... Or listening over the holidays. so And we'll continue to listen, I imagine. Thank you to Jim and to Susie. <laughs> Jim, Nancy, and Steve, we love you guys. And Thank s- you and so Santa. much. You know, there's probably our actual Jims and Nancys like, oh my God, they know that we listen. This we do great. know you. We're like the NSA. Exactly. All right, let's move it on. We, what do we, we have time uh, So here. what are we here no. for today anyway? Just besides chatting about we're, the Harry Potter, we're here to do... A little look back at the year in Rand Paul. The year in Randy Pants, our favorite hashtag. As we know, we like to get that thing trending whenever we talk about old Rand Paul. So we're going to start off by looking at the Paul Lusses. And that is, of course, whenever Rand does something something we agree with, something we like, we give him a little Paul Luss. So what are we what do we got in the Paul Luss column coming up here? Well, I've picked out a few choice plums, a few pleats in the Randy Pants, mm, if you plums. will, and uh, from the year. And can you believe that I've been doing this column for an entire year? I started last January. Can you believe that? My I cannot God. believe that. Wow. Oh, my God. You've really been doing this for a year, huh? It's been a lot of Rand. I see Rand in my dreams, my nightmares, my waking moments. It's Anyway, so I, starting of last January, though, one of the things I gave him kudos for, and I still give him kudos for, although he does not mention it in the debates enough, is Rand's emphasis on justice reform. Now, Rand has gone through a lot. He's gone to a lot of universities, like on a lot of black colleges, to talk about justice reform. He's brought it up. On TV interviews, he's brought it up when he's mentioned other things like uh, medical marijuana legalization, which is another one I'll get into in just a bit. But he's really taken it and put it to the forefront of his platform. So that, I'd say, is a huge pull us. Because he is one of the few people in the GOP that's actually taken this issue on. He's the only one, as far as I know, that actually makes the connection between the war on drugs and the oppression of minorities and and the the rates that we see minorities jailed as opposed to whites. And I don't know. There may be others. I don't want to denigrate any if there are any other Republicans out there that talk about this stuff. Great. But he's at least the one with the biggest stage. And the fact that he at least used it for at least some part of the year to address this issue uh, has got to be a positive. Yeah. Paul us. Paul us for that. And I don't even think Ben Carson's talking. Talking about it, you know, it's funny. He called it the other America, which is really the way it is. Because if the justice system is not applied equally, that is a separate America. So good job on that one, Rand. Darn Skippy. So moving on, the next one, he introduced his basically his father's bill, and Severus Cruz also <laughs> co-sponsored this. But the uh, I believe the audit the Fed didn't Severus Cruz get behind this one as well? I believe he was. A, I don't know if he officially sponsored it, but he was supporting the a supporter audit the Fed of it. Movement. Yeah. So I will say the audit the Fed. We don't need to go into too much of that. If you are a libertarian, you pretty much know about that. We well, need why to don't we touch on it quickly since we do get uh, some newbies coming in? Not everybody is a, a dyed in the wool, so to sure, speak. So, uh, sure. Why should for for someone who's just hearing this for the first time that thinks uh, the Fed, the federal government, what, what's that? What do we got to audit? Why do we got to audit the Fed? Oh no. 
we're talking about the Federal Bank. Oh, well, the Federal Reserve. So what do they do? Aren't the Federal they just, Reserve, uh, you say? They Federal just, like, Reserve. make our money, right? No, no the Federal Reserve, they print the money, but they also decide who they loan the money out to. They set the interest rates. And they also, more importantly than anything, are not a part of the actual government. That's what people don't realize and they need to understand is that the Fed has all this power. They have power to essentially influence the money supply that's going out there. They have influence to, uh, to you know, over the inflation rates, over your borrowing rates, and yet they're not actually part of our government. They are a separate entity with its own interests and its own voices that typically draws from the biggest banks for its board members. Yeah, I would call them a, a quasi-government organization because they are a separate organization, but they are granted, like so many other organizations are, this special power to have monopoly control over the currency. So the, the fact that we don't even know what goes on inside there, let alone actually trying to end it or the things that Ron Paul has called for, uh, to actually look and see what they're doing seems reasonable. You'd think they would just say, if there was nothing bad going on, wouldn't they just be like, whatever, go ahead, Here, no need for a bill, take a look. But no, no, they're they're defending it tooth and nail, which makes me think, look, thou protested too much. Why can't we just take a, a quick peek? So, all us. Just a peek. Mark just spilled whiskey on the desk. <laughs> all us for that. Uh, for the record, I do not give me spilling whiskey a Paulus. That gets a minus for me. But moving on, uh, what, what other Pauluses do we have over here for, for Rand this year? Well, the minus was that you didn't suck the whiskey up off the desk and you uh, yes, spilled I, it for the record. I understand. But, uh, yeah, so another thing that I thought was really notable early on is Rand teamed up with Cory Booker uh, Center and also Catherine Gillibrand to basically make a bill that would legalize medical marijuana on a federal level. And that I thought was pretty amazing. He also put forth a bill called the PACT Act, which would have legalized basically banking issues for states that have you know businesses that are dealing with medical marijuana. Because what happens a lot of the time is that on a federal level, marijuana is still illegal. So state by state, you can legalize it. But then from the bank's perspective, from the IRS's perspective, from a uh, financial lending perspective. illegal activity. Exactly. So a lot of these people, they have trouble paying their payrolls. They have trouble getting loans. Because the banks don't want to associate with their business. Precisely. Which you can't blame the banks necessarily because they're kind of – you know, sitting there under the, yeah, the breath of the hot breath of the federal government who doesn't want them to be, you know, who might go after them if they're seen as maybe, I don't know, drug laundering drug money or however they might want to. Right. They can it. go after them hardcore, you know, especially when you look at all the different regulations, regu eh, regulations that are in place, uh, especially with the IRS is concerned. So that in total, I will say, is a Paul Luss for him. Another Paul Luss for pushing forward the. Drug reform movement, I guess you might call it. And look, some anarchists out there, other libertarians might say, Rawr, he's not calling for it to legalize all drugs overnight. But it is a move in the proper direction. And I think we need to applaud these things, even if it's not exactly what we want to see from the federal government when it comes to drugs. Right. And in truth, I think he should do a little bit more of this because Bernie Sanders is getting kudos. And we gave him kudos on our Naughty Nice uh, podcast for saying marijuana should be removed from all the federal roles as a illegal substance. Which Rand should be possessing that too, possessing it. <laughs> it's like a drug. he can't quite possess it, not legally. Yeah. So he should be owning that too. But still, it's that a good old, step forward. Good old Aqua Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next thing I will bring up is his executive action bill on the uh, the Second Amendment. And and this is a new one. This is a uh, one we one, haven't talked about before. Yes, so. this one is pretty new. This just happened about a week and a half ago. 
And basically what it is is that Rand took on because you know, President Obama made his, made his big speech about uh, how he's got to, you know, we have to curb gun control and uh, executive authority and how he's got to just do it. And he doesn't need Congress's approval and yada, 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 yada. So basically what Rand did is he submitted a bill which would say, as president, you could put forth an executive order. Which could say, okay, as executive order, you could do this or that to affect people's gun rights, but that cannot go into effect in any way until Congress approves it. And until that happens, it's basically considered in limbo. It does not pass. It does not count. Do not collect $200. You don't pass go. So you can say stuff, POTUS, but it doesn't matter, basically. Exactly right. You can make a recommendation of a law you'd like us to pass. That's fine. Right. Free speech is wonderful. You can make a strong statement. You you could encourage people to call their senators to support your executive action. But until it goes through Congress, it does not count. All right. Well, I can't can't find any flaws in that one. No. The only flaw I can find it is that that should account for every executive action. Right. I mean, we shouldn't Let's... have to necessarily say it just about guns, but it is a direct response to um, basically what he said he's going to do, which is come out with executive actions against guns, Make which I universe. imagine he'll do on like, you know, January 1st at like 2 a.m. or something. <laughs> based, well, that's typically on... the way it rolls out. Yeah, we'll get that on New Year's Eve for sure. Can't wait. Yeah. Everyone else is going to be just cheering for the ball drop, and I'm going to be eagerly updating my Facebook for, <laughs> for an update on uh, whatever executive orders the president is, is issuing regarding guns or anything else. Who no, knows? No kisses for you on the Because yeah, that's how they snuck in the NDAA a couple years ago. That basically took away the, the right to a trial if they so deem one a terrorist because it was signed at like literally at like midnight on New Year's. What an exciting time in, in the in the White House that they must have. Yep, shameful. They, everyone else is partying. He's got a stack of papers. He's just waiting to sign. Of course, was it reported? No, of course. Nobody well, reported the fact that it happened. Nobody was outraged. Like, well, we reported. Of Some course. other many alternative. We news report. Websites, you but, decide. Yeah, not exactly a CNN headline story that NDAA or yeah. uh, or would really any terrible things that that President Obama might do with his executive orders. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Now so, let's get to my. Paulus of the year. All right, this is exciting. We've That's been right. We've been waiting for this all year. Now there Since are a January. lot. Of, just as, let me just say there've been a lot of Paulus's over the year. You can find all those at lionsofliberty.com forward slash rand. If all you right. want to go back, there's a year's worth. So go through them, educate yourself. Yes. But you can read 52 columns about Rand Paul uh, at God, our website. It's unbelievable. My life. What have I done with my life? But yo, know, for you, I do it for you people. I do it for you as I love you and I love liberty. But no, here's my Paul Luss of the year. And this one, I don't think many people can assail this or argue with it. Rand stood up. He filibustered against the Patriot Act. Now, that in itself was fantastic because so many people had kind of been pussyfooting around it. Oh, security, blah, 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 blah. No, Rand Paul took a solid stand, said you cannot sacrifice liberty for security. But it has the word Patriot in it. Oh, my God. Well, and we all love the Mel Gibson movie. Of the same name, so I mean, how can you? How can you not picture a beloved racist standing? If you up for merge patriotism? the Patriot with Sister Act, you get Patriot Act. You would think these continued success it's, it's of the Goldberg New England posing, Patriots posing as a American revolutionary. She looked great. Yeah, but no, what, do you, what do you think? think? Continued success of the New England Patriots would have turned people against the Patriot Act. That alone. Are you really just going to gloss over my incredible movie idea? I I, I gave. <laughs> you it don't want to see Whoopi Goldberg posing as an American revolutionary. I don't want to see on. Whoopi Goldberg. Period. Photoshop request I, number two. I don't want to look at her. She's grotesque. So anyway, the Patriot Act. So he, he filibustered it. Right. He stood up against it, which is fantastic. And, brum, that that was my drum roll. 
it expired. He stood up on the on the eve of he delayed it. The Patriot Act not expired. the whole Patriot Act, but the certain provisions the that provisions. relate to spying. Exactly the NSA provisions of the and Patriot data Act. Collection Sorry, thank you for thank you for like that. putting that. In. Well, that's why I'm here. Exactly. So yeah, no, those expired, which was fantastic. That was a big victory. We're going to we're going to gloss over the fact that the USA Freedom Act swept in right afterwards and then kind of put Which those back. Which your in place. pal, not really, but uh, Severus, Severus Cruz, Cruz supports and uh, talks about all the time as a wonderful thing, even though it really codifies spying in in many other ways. Hey, look, he's got to still be a villain until he comes out as a hero right, at right. the end of the campaign and becomes president, man. So true. just give him some time. Okay, all right. He still has to kill Dumbledore before all this happens. So the Paulus of the year is yes. once again. The basically the filibustering and uh, getting the NSA provisions of the Patriotics to expire. All right, it doesn't Anna. sound great when you sum it up there because we had to put too many uh, provisions. Patriot Act filibustering. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Gets a Paulus. Yes, that was a pretty amazing thing when it happened. Uh, good job, Rand. That was just you know fantastic. Peachy, peachy keen. All right, now. While it's all been cheers and hugs and rainbows and love up till now, now we got to get to some of the minuses of the year because as people who have listened to the Naughty or Nice show will know, you do, it's not all roses for you when it comes to Rand Paul and his campaign. And, no. and I know he's made some statements that we weren't necessarily fans of. So why don't you list a few of our minuses? Well, let's start off with one that goes far back a decent ways. But, you know, starting to be the year ISIS was cropping up. And Rand, who has been fairly anti-war, did come out and say that he was for military action against ISIS. That was earlier in the campaign. Now, granted, he has in debates and, and statements now said he's against us going a full offensive in, uh, you know, in these countries in Afghanistan, in the very you know, going to Syria. He's against that. But he did support military action going against ISIS. He has said that he would support arming the Kurds, which we'll get to again in a little bit. So that starting off kind of aggravated me because it's ignoring the concept of blowback, which other candidates have brought up, including one Martin O'Malley on the Democratic side. But just say your favorite. Uh, he's not my favorite. <laughs> but it's the, it's the Irish that starting off was a minus for me. Because so, I mean, some might say, look, ISIS is a real threat, at least. I mean, they are a threat to human beings. They're doing bad things. They're cutting people's heads off. They're they're bombing people in Paris and shooting people. They're inspiring Americans to kill people uh, like they say that they did in San Bernardino. So, you know, what what's so wrong with declaring war against ISIS? Is right. it because it's is it not actually like a state we can identify or is it just because, you know, what, I mean, what's the issue here? Well, for, you know, for people that are actually concerned about maybe the issue of ISIS and as it relates to national security. You said an interesting phrase, which is declaring war on ISIS, which Rand Paul wants to declare war on ISIS because as of right now, there's no official war declared. It was just, you know, the president's going after him and everybody's like, yeah, go get him. So Rand wants to declare war. Now, I also gave that a minus when I was writing it up because basically when you look at ISIS, you cannot declare war on a specific organization necessarily and have it be a success. ISIS is an organization that's based multi- in well, multi-culturally, multinationally, multinational. So, multinationally, it's hard I like to lock multi-culturally down. better. Multicultural, like multicultural. Make words up. <laughs> it's like a third year. I was like innovation. Uh, they're multinational. It's hard to lock them down. It's not like you can target and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take down the army of Iraq, which is a bad idea to begin with. Too, we're not gonna take down the army of 
Afghanistan. No, this is an organization that's hiding. They're in and out. You can't target them specifically. And all you're going to do when you go to quote unquote war against ISIS is you're going to bomb people that are unintentional targets, like where they bombed the hospital for Doctors Without Borders and they killed a lot of innocent people. In Afghanistan, because they were, I guess, in theory, so they say, harboring Harboring. uh, Taliban members or what have you. Right. Despite that, they're just treating whoever came in. They don't know who they are. So all you're doing is causing more harm than good. You're causing more terrorism to crop up when you go after them in this way instead of changing your basic fundamental foreign policy views, which, again, Rand Paul has been a proponent of. That's why it was so puzzling for him to say, yes, we have to come out and go against ISIS. And it just seemed to me like he was basically, you know, just kind of catering to the popular whim. Now, if there are specific bad guys, and when I say bad guy, I mean event takes place, person killed. We know the guy's here. I mean, there should be some methods by which, I guess, um, prosecution can occur. I mean, if you, but the problem is they never want to do that. They never want to say, okay, we've named these X people. We're going to charge them with these crimes. We're going to ask these countries to extradite them. They don't do anything like that. They just say, Bomb and then drone and, and, bomb them. Yeah, and that's when things, uh, you know, aren't really. You're not really seeing a consistent defense of individual rights when you're just sort of dropping bombs right. on. Right, you're, on areas you're rarely getting one people. target. It's usually you know ten individuals that are innocents that are getting wrapped up in this one bombing. And and again, you know what I was saying before is this concept of blowback where you're targeting one guy, you're taking out ten. The community rallies around the other people that have been killed for no apparent reason, just because they're in the vicinity of this one bad guy, and then they go, well, now I'm pissed about the United States. Now I'm going to join up, because now I have a good reason to go to Jihad. Alright. It's just, it's a failed proposition. So, minus on that. Alright, what what are some other minuses for Randy Pants this year? Hashtag Randy Pants, by the way. While you're listening to this show, why don't you just log on to the old Twitter or Facebook or wherever you do hashtags. Hashtag Randy Pants and get this puppy trending while you talk about the year of Rand. Tweet it at Libertarian Girl. There you go. Tweet it right at her. She's Rand Paul's social media guru. That's right. So, yeah, tweet right well, at her. Well, Mark, let me ask you on this next one. What, what's Whoa, your... no one said I was going to answer questions here. Hold hey, on. I'm flipping the script. All what, right. what do you think about the uh, Iran nuclear deal that Obama made? Well, you know what I think because well, I know what you think, but actually, they don't know what you, you know, think. The reality of it is, we've you know we talked to Scott Horton about this issue, and and he's obviously for it because you know he just sees this as a better alternative to war, which is what all the neocons are constantly pushing for with Iran. And I, I've read things on both sides of it, but at the end of the day, I'm, I side on that side of it that it's it's a prevention of war. It's not you know there's this myth out there that's been perpetuated by many people that Iran has been developing nuclear weapons and that they've been violating the IEA. Rules over the last decade, and there is no evidence of that whatsoever. It's literally fabricated. You can, if you tick back to the 2012 election cycle, you can remember Michelle Bachman up there saying, "Iran is months away from a nuclear bomb." Every year, Benjamin Netanyahu gets in front of the UN and says, "Iran is months away from a nuclear bomb." There is zero evidence. No, our own, our own sources, the CIA, like the the CIA has come out years away, and they said that (laughs) it's not even they're not even something they can work on because they are under the um, nuclear treaties right now and they're, they're in full compliance with them just like the United States and other countries that have signed on to the same treaty you know they're, they're in complete they're not violating that treaty in any way this is you know there's and nobody says they are and yet somehow at the same time at the same time they're under UN watch um, with their nuclear program people are out there saying they're working on a bomb and it's just made up there's no other way to put it 
Yeah, exactly. Just like they invented WMDs and, to go And I'm sure they'd Iraq. want one. Don't get me wrong. I think every leader of a country probably would prefer to have a nuclear bomb because, you know, your your country is probably safer with one. Because Look, honestly, I'd like to have a nuclear bomb yeah, just sure, to have one, just, you know, just like just in case. Yeah, you never know. Because so, what if? I, I'm not going <laughs> to come out here and say Iran, the leaders of Iran are angels or anything and probably wouldn't like to have a nuclear weapon. But the, the facts of the matter don't line up with the fear mongering is the point. So at the end of the day, yes. There might be details in, in that deal that I don't like that if we really broke it down. But at the end of the day, when it comes to preventing war with this country over this non-issue, it's a positive. Well, I am simpatico with you. I agree completely. I thought it was a great move. And I was the, one of the few things that Obama's done that I actually said, great job. But you know who was against it? I you have could probably an idea. guess. Oh, it's Rand Paul. Oh, Rand Paul was against it. He Rand. came out. He said it was. He he not only was against the nuclear Iran bill, but he also signed the open letter to Iran, which essentially was just saying like, "Hey, Iran, uh, America hates you, and we're not going to agree with any nuclear deal that's ever been made," which is is a ridiculous proposition. Yeah, we know our president sent some people to uh, negotiate with you, but um, you know, we're Congress, and that yeah, means nothing. To, and yeah, you, you have to negotiate Bombs only with away. Congress and and ignore everything that's happened. Which I'm sorry, you know, I understand in principle. What Rand's trying to do there. I understand that, yes, Congress should be involved in making well, deals, which I right, support. He's right that Congress needs to ratify the treaty. They do. But it still is the role of the executive branch and the ambassadors to negotiate the treaties. So. Exactly. I don't think anybody was breathing on Henry Kissinger's neck when he was negotiating peace treaties. Well, maybe somebody was. He was a notorious somebody ladies man. Anyway, I give that a giant minus. <laughs> And uh, I also was not a fan, so double minus, Rand. Mm, I didn't like is. that. Double minus is not a plus, mathematically. Mm, we're not going to do math here. No one told me minus, comma, minus. All right. Count it. All right. Next thing coming up here. This one for me. This brings in our famous, I'm going to say it, Mark. Say it. One sentence earlier, Rand. Rand for one sentence and of course, that for those who aren't listening or have not been listening is one sentence earlier is Rand Paul's penchant for saying something that you agree with wholeheartedly. And then he goes on to continue it with a sentence that you say, my God, you just ended all the goodwill you uh, you forged with all the populace, including libertarians and general people in, in the populace. And uh, you, you just basically said, screw that. Here's my real views. And they suck. So. Let me bring this up because this is the first time it happened. And this is on game. This is a real tick back. This is one of the first this episodes is a tick, we did. This is a tick tick back. This is like Back to the Future Doc Brown style. We should do so, one of those dream sequences like. We just did it. Wayne's World style. And now we're back. So going way back, gay marriage came up. And of course, how, why wouldn't it? It's a huge topic in, uh, in popular conversation. So gay marriage came up and Rand Paul, of course, as one of the, uh, the leaders, because early on in his candidacy, he was a leader of the GOP party, was questioned on his thoughts about gay marriage when it was being ratified and the Supreme Court was pushing it through. Now, when questioned, Rand Paul said that basically he didn't think that the government should be involved in marriage. That it should okay. be a private contract between one individual and another. What do you think that about that? That sounds like a Paul Lutz. Paul Lutz. I mean, hell, that's a great idea. Get him out of the game. Why are they involved? It's two people. They're getting married. It's wonderful. They're in love. Have a private contract. That's what it should so be. So far, so good. You and me, we're going we're gonna to tie ourselves together financially, and it's great. Okay, Yay. great. So then, of course, he goes on after that, though. In this interview, he says private contracts. But then he goes, 
But you know what? I'm myself. I'm not a fan of gay marriage. Not a fan. <laughs> not, not, not a fan. I don't. He said I don't get it. I think it was exactly. I don't get gay marriage. Which. Why, Rand? Why? One sentence earlier, buddy. Just kind of snip that off. Nip that in the bud, dude. Why are you saying you don't get it? Just leave it at private contracts. That's the most pertinent part of this argument. From a legal level, the government should not be involved. And and how does, I mean, I, what's the point of that statement? Is it just to, like, say, hey, don't worry, religious folks. I don't like gay marriage. I, gays suck. Like, don't don't forget. I'm, But, uh, yeah, private contracts is the way to go. But, yeah, I don't like gays. Don't forget. I mean, right, what, yeah. what is the purpose of saying that? It's like, it's like you know, you, let's say you're pulled over at a DUI checkpoint, and you give, you give the cop a good legal argument, and he goes, okay, yeah, all right, I agree. You know what? I shouldn't be stopping you. It's unconstitutional. And then you're like, hey, your mother's ugly. And by the way, I am hammered, sir. Did I mention that? I'm drunk as hell. Yeah, like, oh, and you and I screwed your mom. Yeah, it's I just, just stupid. There. Doesn't make sense. So there. so there was that, which really aggravated. And he kind of echoed that later on that he's against gay marriage and it's a matter of the church and yada yada yada. Uh, and then he also went on to support Kim Davis. And for well, those, let's do one at a time. That one obviously we know is a minus minus. I'm tired of men because they're kind of the same trail of thought. Yes. And so then, that's a minus. And then but Kim Davis, who Kim was Davis. also a subject of our Naughty or Nice 2015. We will replug that. that, episode 169. Yeah. Stick back in your iTunes feed, your Stitcher feed, wherever it is you listen to this yeah. show. So Kim Davis, for those who don't know, was a county clerk and uh, in Kentucky, I believe, right? Was it Kentucky? Kentucky state? In old Kentucky, yeah. So in his home state of Kentucky, Kim Davis was a county clerk, elected official, working for the government, who denied... Uh, Gay men, the marriage licenses they were entitled to under a Supreme Court ruling. Now, this was a torn situation for libertarians. I view that as ridiculous personally, but they were saying basically that, you know, states' rights supersede Supreme Court and the way that this legalization was passed down was wrong, which that's fine. But, you know, Mark, why don't you voice your opinion? Because I agree with you here that what's right is what's right. Yeah, I do agree that what's right is what's right. I mean, there is the argument, we've discussed it before, that some people say, well, it's a state's rights issue. There's nothing about the marriage and the Constitution. But, you know, I don't care. (laughs) There is nothing about marriage and the Constitution. But when we're looking at government and we're looking at how it treats people, we agree, but you and I, that... With Rand Paul's first part of his statements that the government should not be involved in the marriage issue, defining it, uh, any of that stuff. Uh, But they are, and they probably are going to be for as long as we live. And it's just simply wrong for government on any level to be, you know, discriminating against people. So if you're going to say we're going to be involved in marriage, as far as I'm concerned, Supreme Court ruling or not... They should be. Everyone should be able to get a marriage license. That it's that simple to me. Um, I understand the realities of that are complicated and and don't really necessarily, you know, it's a complicated issue in the legal structure. That I that I can certainly recognize. But at the end of the day, let's be honest. Kim Davis is not a champion of states' rights. She just didn't want to marry gay people. So I don't exactly. really. I'm not going to let her let people attach the state rights sort of defense to her because that's not the defense that she's making. Precisely right. That's what, I thought, that's what I thought too. It was it was you know for people to argue that oh yeah she's standing for states rights. No, give me a break. It's it's a personal it's a personal view. It's a personal vendetta that she has. So no, that was a huge negative. But Rand Paul came out supporting her again, saying that oh yeah yeah no she's right. It's states rights and blah blah blah. She has her right to to express her religious viewpoint. Which I'm sorry, there's a separation of church and state for a very good reason. And when you have a religious viewpoint that 
basically conflicts directly with a state mandate that says this is legal. These two people have a right to be happy. That is ridiculous. So shame on Rand for that. That was a massive minus. I'm shocked, honestly, that I didn't put it as the minus of the year. Okay, but we do have a minus of the year. We do have it. Not yet, though. Oh, we're not going there yet. Okay. We have, we have a couple first. We're going to burn through them, though. All right. Well, let's let's burn that. Here we that go. Minus wick. We're going to burn the next one. I think you'll be with me here. Rand Paul says he wants to arm the Kurds. Well, uh, we all know that's a minus. Rand Paul you know, and those sexy Kurds. I, I don't know he goes you to saw, that podcast. I'm not sure if you saw the comment on our recent, uh, on our YouTube, on the Kurds podcast, but we actually got a gentleman who said he is a Kurd, mm -hmm. and he can confirm that that leader of the Kurds is no good. Uh, it's a horrible person. Yes. Yeah, as I said, oh, I researched so. him. Hey, there you go. A Kurd himself has stood up against Rand wanting to arm the Kurds and give the president weapons. They, this president of the Kurds, he is basically Saddam Hussein Light. He, uh, you know, prisons and, and uh, executes journalists that write bad articles against them. He is not somebody that exactly is known for being kind-hearted or for individual rights. Yet, Rand wants to arm the Kurds. Why? Oh, so they can fight against our enemies. And... I'm sorry, when you look at everything Rand Paul said over the years about, oh, you know, it's crazy to arm the enemies of the United States under the auspices that, oh, they're our friends now. Like, look at it. We armed the Syrians. They became ISIS. We armed in Afghanistan. We armed the local rebels. They became uh, Al-Qaeda. So Rand's arguing these, these one point of view, and then he's going the opposite way and saying, let's arm the Kurds. It doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I might butcher his name right now, but I, I, I'd like to give him a shout out. Merrick and Kinchy, I probably butchered that. I apologize, but I do appreciate your comment on our YouTube of that podcast. Um, and he said, I am a Kurd. And yeah, that's true. Barzani is a Kurdish speaking Erdogan. Erdogan, of course, is the leader of Turkey, who is not really seen as a great character either. So and he said, you know, Saddam would be too far. He's not saying he's, he's not quite that bad, but he's not a he's not a great character. Well, this is so. just one day ago, too. Thank you, Merrick, for yeah. listening. Wow. Like, one day ago. And pre-apology for any um, any any butchering of your name. Well, I know. We appreciate what, the what are you going to do? Hey, hopefully he doesn't take that to heart when he's armed. Yeah. So and, and, and Rand and Rand's uh, yeah he's, he's sitting at home with a couple AK-47s from, from Rand. For he's little, like, I'm gonna get bow. those guys for mispronouncing my name. I was against arming the Kurds till Rand sent me these AK-47s. These are pretty cool. <laughs> he's gonna write the uh, the mispronunciation of the name on every bullet he shoots at us. Uh, no, no. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you for that. I uh, we appreciate the feedback uh, and thank you for validating our point of view. Because it only takes one person to validate our point of view to prove us right. <laughs> hey, it takes nobody to validate my point of view. All right, what else we got on the minus list here? All right, here's here's the one. This is a recent one, and it really pissed me off. Is Rand's Secure Act? The Secure Act was Rand's response to the post Paris issues, and of course ISIS attacking France, and the issue of whether or not the U.S. will accept refugees coming in from places like Syria. Now, Rand said, I want to put a bill forth to ban people not only from Syria, not only from different places that have refugees in that region, but 34 different countries that are, quote unquote, jihadist in nature indefinitely. Basically, he said, until we have more stringent, um, I don't know, screening processes in play. Meanwhile, the screening processes we have in place are unbelievably strict. So I don't know what it else you're going like to do. It takes something like two years to get approved yeah. to be a refugee in the United States. People act like these guys are just coming right in and just saddling up and, you know, parking themselves here and doing whatever they want. That's not how it works at all. 
all. No, it's background checks on background checks. You're waiting. People are interviewed. I mean, it's it's crazy. You get multiple to... interviews. Their families are right. interviewed to make sure stories match. I mean, it's a really, really thorough process. So these are people that have already been waiting like two years, a lot of them already, to get in and that are in desperate like, situations. Nope. nope. Sorry. Sorry, guy. Turn back around. Bye-bye. So that, I thought, was just a spick. He's probably going to send him over to hang out with the Kurds. <laughs> Maybe. All, all then he'll arm them all. He's, he's making his own private army. All right, so an, another minus for Rand. There you go. For so the Secure Act. That was... Uh, that was and, that, and I'll say, no. I, I give it a minus, but, it, I mean, there are... It's a legit Security is somewhat of a legitimate issue when it comes to government. It is. Because I agree. if you're going to have government and if you're going to have, I mean, in a private property society, there would be borders there too. And you wouldn't let everybody over those borders, especially if you knew they were dangerous. So there, there's a legitimate concern if there's if you think there are bad guys out there to screen people. But the fact is when you're targeting refugees, these people are already the most heavily screened, whereas opposed to tourists and other people can just come right in with fairly, hardly any screening at all. Right. It's just a sh- it's just for show. It's like, oh, hey, I'm going to set up some fireworks at the border. Now safe. Stupid. Doesn't make any sense. All right. And now for the big one. Here's the big one. What is the biggest minus? We're going to get some we're going to get some emails about this. We're going to get Uh-oh. some comments. <laughs> My biggest minus of the year. Look, and you guys can disagree. And if you disagree, please, I welcome the comments. You can email us. You can email Mark at Lions of You can email Brian at Lions of Liberty. Please. I welcome the feedback. And you can also come over to the Lions of Liberty Forum, our private Facebook group. You can find that just by typing Lions of Liberty Forum in your search bar. We'll also link to it in the show notes of the show, lionsofliberty.com slash 171. Or you can tweet to us at Lions of Liberty, facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty for our main page. There are just so many ways to contact us. So many ways. And Plus, carrier pigeon. smoke signals also and carrier yeah. pigeon. But yeah, we'll post it in the forum. But please comment. Let me know if you're But I'm sorry. For me, the biggest minus of the year is Rand's campaign. Overall. The whole Overall, thing. The whole thing. Because Rand, look, he announced, I mean, at this point, I think it was back in March, maybe, officially announced. And he had so much momentum. He was the front runner. People were talking about him like, oh, my God. The this front is the runner? coming. I don't know if he was ever what, called the front runner. What he announced? By, by what anyone. he announced? He, he had a strong, he had, you know, a strong Not support. By he was media. in direct polls with Hillary Clinton. He was winning the matchups with Hillary Clinton in national polls. And everybody was saying, wow, this is the time. This is the libertarian moment. How many articles this do you This is the libertarian it? moment. I this have seen that time. headline. So yeah, so many articles about that. He was leading. He was. He was like, oh my god, so much excitement, so much support. And then he just slowly ebbed and pissed it away with his wishy-washiness, with his abandoning of libertarian principles, which he only recently has gotten back to. Why? Oh, because his polling numbers were at three percent. Because he already lost the Ron Paul support that he had garnered over the years. That is that was kind of built in when you have a candidate that's kind of libertarian. You know, he already lost it. He pissed it away. So he, the entire way he's ran his campaign, kind of kowtowing to the neocons, wishy-washy on the issues, making these idiotic statements, as I mentioned, about certain things that, are, that should be libertarian rights, you know, like uh, denying people their basic freedoms, their basic rights, coming out and saying, oh, yes, we should go against ISIS, coming out and saying, oh, we, Israel is our greatest ally. I didn't even put that in this one because I think that was from a different column, but supporting Israel no matter what, you know, saying that the Iran nuke deal is wrong. All he's very neocon-esque statements hell. inserting and in there just yeah. for uh, to, to give them a little fish food, I guess, to keep them, them maybe chirping, you know, around whatever fish right. do, do they and, chirp. And, and meanwhile, you see Ted Cruz 
He's outranded Rand. He is uh, far more supported by the general GOP and the neocons. He still is supported for some reason by libertarians, which shame on you people. I don't know any, but I've seen Uh, more chirpings. At the Liberty Conference, Ted Cruz got something like uh, Rand beat him, but he still got a good portion of the votes. So, I mean, just the overall campaign. I mean, there's no doubt that, I mean, beliefs aside, Ted Cruz is running a way more effective campaign. Oh, I mean, that can't be denied. I mean, he's, he's polling right up there with Trump in, in Iowa and in some other polls too. Yeah. So and, and Rand's not even raising money. We talked about this. Rand Paul, or Ron Paul, we held our own our own beer pong tournament. Well, he did to raise like twenty five million, supposedly is the, is the number. But he's had no huge, you know, huge quarters. He's had he has had nothing like the enthusiasm behind. Yeah, the, the money Ron bombs Paul's were not buying. I have not given him a dime. You haven't given him a dime. I gave him one dime. One <laughs> one dime. I'll gladly pay you for a hamburger. Too. No, ac- actually, I will confess. After the one debate when he did a pretty Pretty good performance. I, I I had a moment and I I, I tossed a little money. As well. A moment not of strength much. or weakness? Weakness for me, <laughs> probably. This <laughs> is probably not going to do much, but you know he did. Yeah, you know, he the, inspired me for a very brief moment that maybe things were turning. The around. last couple of debates he's done a little better. Maybe he'll inspire us more in 2016, which we'll make our predictions soon. But so, yeah, overall, I'm sorry. I just his campaign has been a massive disappointment. I think he's just ruined, uh, you know, a lot of people's beliefs in him. All right. Well, I I think your beliefs are clear. And for those, again, that listen to our naughty or nice 2015, they'll know you actually gave even though he's got way more pluses for the year than minuses. Way more. If you look at the tally. But, um, you know, you still gave him a naughty for the year for this very reason. And we don't need to go recap it because you just no. did a, an amazing rant for, for that very reason. Precisely so. right. And you know what? And a lot it's, of this it's disappointment is what it really is. Massive disappointment. But you know what? There's a lot of chance for Rand to kind of up his game in 2016. He's adopted a more libertarian stance in the debates. There's a lot more debates coming if he makes them, which he's kind of seen an uptick in his polling numbers. And who knows if he can take Iowa or at least place well in Iowa, he'll probably be included. So we'll see what happens. All right. And so we'll, we'll get to uh, some predictions for 2016 for Rand in just a second, but first you have a quote of the year award. Or I do. Award, but it's a that's an award. We'll, we'll end on a positive we'll note in this, in this regard before our predictions. But yeah, Rand's quote, my favorite quote of my year for, for Rand is that he's really been going after Hillary Clinton as he should. He's a terrible candidate. And he said, and this is not just once, but multiple times, that Bill Clinton put a generation of black men in prison. Ooh. How'd yeah. he do that? Pretty heavy duty, right? Well, I'll tell you how, because Rand's exactly right in this way, because he's, again, touting justice reform. And specifically what Rand is talking about here is that when Bill Clinton was off in office, he signed into law this omnibus crime bill. And the Ooh, most... That sounds scary. <laughs> it's like a Decepticon or something. Any, anything with the word omnibus is terrifying in every way, but... Except omnivore, because I am one. Or omnipotent. Yeah. Actually, like most, the, of, like them, the NSA. most of them are okay, except for this one. <laughs> so... What this bill essentially did and what the key factor in this bill was that, you know, they were touting and and even though you'll read quotes now saying, oh, it went too far, they were all about it when it came out, was the three strikes rule, quote unquote, three strikes rule. What this meant was that anybody that had three convictions for felony offenses with one being a violent crime, I'll give you an example of that. So let's say somebody 17, 18, they get convicted of, you know, getting in a fight, they get a felony conviction for, you know, assault, felony assault. You it can happen to prison. anybody. It could happen to I mean, any, hey, any young scallion like us. My hands are legal weapons. I would go yeah. to prison for a long time. So this kid you know, gets in a fight. He goes to prison. He gets out. Fine. He's living his life. Then he gets arrested two times for minor marijuana possession. Because this is back in the days before any of the you know the moving forward with medical marijuana oh, yeah. was in place or any possession back in was the day, lowered. The millennials have it good because back in the day, even the most minor amount of marijuana possession, uh, yeah. felony. A, a crumb that a mouse could not even get high off of was a felony. So 
these kids that maybe they have one conviction for a fight that happened at a bar, then they get two marijuana offenses and boom, you're in prison, not in and out for life. Life. No option for the judge to change that. You're in jail. They can't take you out. Your life is essentially over. And, you know, Hillary Clinton, she was loving it when it came out. So don't don't think that she's innocent in any of this either. She was out there giving quotes saying that finally these people are going to get out of the revolving door of crime, these quote-unquote violent offenders, and be in jail for life. And they were just... Uh, tits out over it <laughs> yeah and, and and this kind of sums up the clintons because even bill clinton now says well yeah you know he does admit some sort of culpability but he kind of acts like well we had to pass the bill we wanted to get it done you know i didn't really want some of those provisions in but i had to sign it anyway like no come on you guys were actively i mean hillary was out there actively campaigning for this bill it's not like they were just kind of backed into a corner but that's that's the retroactive history that that we get from the clintons there oh, every single time so i'm really happy that Rand called him out on that uh, i i love it when he goes after the meal well whether or not it's helping his overall campaign, who knows? But every time it happens, it brings a smile to my face. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we both wish we would see more quotes like that in the actual Rand Paul campaign, not necessarily attacking Bill Clinton per se, but attacking the unfairness in the system. And this is something like we said, he talks about a lot, but it's not the forefront of his campaign. And maybe part of that is the structure of the debates. But Zero times it's been mentioned in the debates yeah, that but, I can think of. And Zero. He, he, look, he's, you can say he never gets to ask these questions, but he's got opening statements. He's got closing statements and he doesn't bring it up. So, you know, I mean, he has to take some blame for that as well. So. Damn well right. Paul, us for the quote, minus for the follow-up. Bingo. I, I love it. Agreed completely. All right. And before we sign off, and, and look, I just want to say, like, we, we don't spend all this time talking about Rand Paul just for our health. We've done it because, well, A, because so many people are paying attention to him, and because so many people see him as a libertarian candidate, whether or not he truly is or whatever. It, well, we're not doing this as a, as a one true Scotsman fallacy. We try to be fair and break down everything he does, you know, just from the perspective of individual liberty, from the beliefs that we have hold and and look at everything in an objective way and you know i think we've done our best job at doing that you can say we haven't been right all year obviously i mean uh, we've had our fair share of criticisms i say this is probably one of the more controversial shows that we do that that gets more criticism than anything else because you know a lot of people support Rand no matter what he does and i I understand that too and i understand these issues aren't all black and white but we do this in order to advance this conversation and and in order to advance the ideas of liberty because that's what we want to do that's why we do this show and that's what we wish we saw more out of Rand Paul. So and you know, it's, no it's a labor of love. It's not out of hate, right. even no. though there are, you know, we've got our, our plenty of minuses, including a, a minus for, for the year from you. I gave him a nice for the year because I think I'm looking more of, as Rand Paul, the senator, and you're looking at as more as Rand Paul, the presidential candidate. So it's, it really depends on which way you come from it. He's certainly done his fair share of good as well. But at the end of the day, we uh, we're disappointed. We want to see a lot more um, fire and, and a lot more just truth spewing, I guess, from Rand Paul that we just haven't seen. Well, and you know, recency is a big thing, too. You know, sure. I, I'm still so pissed off about the Secure Act, where he's banning the refugees, and just, you know, I, it, it kind of weighs me. And again, the debates have been so recent in my mind, where he's just underperformed, he hasn't addressed the issues. So, again, as a senator, overall, good job, but we gotta take it all into account in the year in Randy Pants. So, we're looking back, and let me make a prediction here. Alright, what is your prediction for Rand Paul for 2016? Are we gonna be talking about President Paul a year from now? I hate to say it, but no, we're not. Oh, okay. No, we're not. Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about President Paul in 2020 when he's got his, I don't want to make this explicit, when he's got his stuff together. <laughs> okay. More. 
But no, we're not going to look at President Maybe Perhaps Paul. he will learn some lessons from this past campaign. I hope he does. I, I, I think perhaps he'll go back to the Rand Paulus and Minuses archive at lionsoflibertycom slash Rand and listen to all these shows and read all your columns what and makes really you think suck he it all in. He's already doing that already. Oh, he's just he not that. listening to my sage he's gonna, advice. He's going to reread it and re-listen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think he, basically what's going to happen here, I, I think he'll actually do well in Iowa. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled very, very well in Iowa and, and had a strong like showing. Top but three? Top three. I'm saying top three. Okay, and, that's an actual prediction. And I okay. think he'll win New Hampshire. You think he'll win New Hampshire? Win it. Really? It's going to win it. But then fizzle out. And then he's going to fizzle Then it's over. Is it just, look, it's just not going to carry through. We'll look, Ron, Ron Paul also had a very strong showing in the early going. But it, look, it's it's not going to continue that strongly. I think he's waffling too much, and he doesn't have any room I'm blown away by this win New Hampshire prediction. That's that's. I the, think he's going to do it. I think he's got more of a chance to win Iowa than well, New Well, and I'll tell you exactly why. is because all of their focus right now for that entire campaign is on winning New Hampshire. Okay. Everything. That's, that's the Rand strategy. All the it's Rand not strategy. Based on Iowa. Yeah, because honestly, they don't have the money to focus on more than that. They don't have the uh, the political staff to to throw a wider net until they win that. Once they win that, maybe they can. But they're going to focus on that. But as far as a support level in the country, look, I mean, he's still he's still pulling at two percent. Chris Christie is gaining in polls for Christ's sake. Chris Christie is maybe oh, one of the worst terrible. candidates on stage. All he does worst is fear monger the entire damn time, and people are like, oh, "I'm scared." Oh. And that's what they sound like. Anybody who votes Chris Reed, that's what you sound like. Yeah. You're, you're Whether you realize it or not, that is what you sound like. So that, that's my prediction. It's it's unfortunately it's not great, but I do think he'll continue. He'll win his Senate spot back, and he'll continue to put forth good bills now that he's freed from the obligation to to kind of dance the neocon line. He'll get back to his libertarian roots and put forth some good bills we can support. All right, well, let's let's hope for the best from Rand, because I think either way, we want to see better things out of him. And, and we all agree he's better than the other GOP candidates, so we do wish him well we do. politically, Le- I, yes, despite thank our you. harsh we criticisms. Do. We do. All right, and until next year, guys, this this podcast will continue as long as Rand Paul's campaign does. So uh, we'll, we'll see this uh, probably again in a couple weeks. Depends on, I know we got a de- GOP debate in a couple weeks, so we'll see exactly when, when we fit another RPM in. But until then, folks... Have a happy new year. Go party it up. Yes. We're all about Rand Paul, or maybe you're hearing this after the new year and you're a little hungover. Either way, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really do love you guys. We're so glad. If we, if we didn't have listeners, we would definitely not still be doing this. Yeah. So Raise, we're raising so a champagne much. toast to our listeners. Yes. Thank you I guys raised, so much. I'm raising a spilled glass Please, of whiskey. Yes, and I'm going right to toast you with my, uh, my flask. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. Please do share this uh, far and wide. And like I said, please do engage us. Join our Libertarian Forum. We really uh, would appreciate the feedback. Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. There you go. And until then, what are we going to ask our listener to do, Brian? There's only one more thing to say, and that is to live long and live free. How many of our listeners are going to die of alcohol poisoning? Hopefully they at least click first. We can get those. We need those download numbers, baby. That's what we need. Click first, guys. Click before you drink. Click, click before you drink. Contact Johnny53 at gmail.com.